Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 6th. 2017. My name is Phil Prosman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have a great Friday show for you today talking about some interesting stuff going on. Uh, I'll talk to you a little bit about what's going on around the league, uh, talking about Friday's game, of course, against the Houston Rockets. We'll talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon and do a quick update on where he is at uh, for the Magic, as, of course, he is very vital to what they do and is coming off a, a pretty decent stretch of games, I would say. Uh, for him as as the team uh, continues to try and fight to make its playoff push. And finally, we'll close out with a brief discussion on the All-Star game and whether the Magic should push someone forward for the All-Star game or who they might push forward, even if it's uh, an attempt in vain. And, and trust me, I, I kind of do believe it is an attempt in vain at that. But let's start off with a, a crazy night, Thursday night, in, in, the, in the NBA. Uh, a big trade... Uh, it seems to be close to going down. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks prepared seem prepared to send Kyle Korver to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for what looks to be Mo Williams, a protected first-round pick in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as well as Mike Dunleavy. Uh, there are reports that Mike Dunleavy could be heading off to a third team. Kyle Korver's already confirmed that the trade is done, that he is going to be on his way to Cleveland, and the rich get richer. That's that's how this thing goes. The Magic were that way in 2009 when they went out and got Vince Carter and then matched Marcin Gortat and signed Brandon Bass and did all these other things to make their roster pretty stacked and and you know made a pretty good push in 2010 to make the finals and do better than their than their final than their 2009 finals run. Um, I, I I still think the 2010 team is the best team in Magic history, but um, you can fight me on that later. Uh, but a really big move for the Cavaliers, obviously, and. It set off a little bit of a rumor storm. You know, we had a rumor storm coming in across the Great Plains, heading in toward the uh, northern Georgia Valley there, uh, uh, with Woj reporting that uh, the the Hawks were in serious discussions for Paul Millsap. That, of course, has been perhaps a target for the Orlando Magic for some time now. Uh, the Magic, of course, tried to sign him a few summers ago, uh, were unsuccessful in that bid. He signed with the Hawks. That contract is coming up at the end of the year. Atlanta seems to think seems to be of the mind that they're not going anywhere. They're not going to get much further than the first round and are looking to do something. What that is, I don't know. They're at least listening to trade to trade offers and, and beginning to negotiate things pretty seriously. It sounds like no reports that the Magic are involved, but this is of course kind of the first domino to fall. Rick Buecher of Bleacher Report reported earlier in the day as well that the Bulls were listening to offers for Jimmy Butler. That doesn't mean they will trade Jimmy Butler, just that they are listening to offers. It's the same thing they did at the draft um, last year. Um, at the draft, they were supposedly listening to offers for Jimmy Butler. Didn't find one they liked. They didn't find one they liked that was better than keeping him, so they kept him. Same thing could happen here. Uh, of course, the Magic have a slight connection to that as well. 
uh, with uh, last year the report a report coming out that the Magic and the Bulls had discussed a Jimmy Butler swap for Victor Oladipo. It didn't seem to go much farther than that, but you never know. The interest may still be there even without Oladipo to dangle uh, as a potential trade uh, as a potential trade piece uh, in, in that deal. Uh, the bottom line is these are all rumors. Who knows what's true? Who knows what, what, what what's going to happen? It's still, to me, very, very early in the process. It's still January. You don't see a lot of trades getting made at this time of year. I would be surprised. Uh, there are reports that Atlanta could really change their roster by the end of the week. That's probably a lot of people rushing ahead with the rush of trades. Honestly, I think a lot of this Paul Millsap chatter came because the Hawks traded Kyle Korver uh, and, you know, GM, let's say, you know, uh, Vladi Divas. I, I don't think he runs the day-to-day for the Kings, but someone from Team B calls the Hawks and says, hey, that Kyle Korver trade was something. Are you looking to make any other deals? I mean, well, what, what are you trying to do here? And and they say, and, you know, the conversation goes from there. That's, I mean, you got to, the, the thing to remember, and this is always my caveat when it comes to rumors, the thing you got to remember is word choice is very critical here. Um, these are reporters. We, we, we deal in words. Uh, and so we do pick words very carefully. And, you know, a conversation or talks or discussion can be really anything. I mean, you, you, our, our imaginations tend to take us to the big, you know, wild things. You know, I could, you know, if, if I'm Rob Hennigan, I could pick up the phone, call, you know, uh, who's the GM? Who's the GM for the Hawks right now? I think Mike Budenholzer is still the GM for the Hawks. Um, I could pick up the phone and call Mike Budenholzer today and say, what are you looking for for Paul Millsap? And he could say, well, I don't know. What are you offering? That's a discussion, technically, right? That's that's a discussion. Um, how serious that discussion is is another issue entirely. So again, with these trade rumors, just be a little cautious. Nothing's done until it's done. Things fall apart at the last second. Things come together at the last second. Remember, the J.J. Redick trade uh, with Milwaukee that got the Orlando Magic Tobias Harris came together in the la- within the last 15 minutes of the trade deadline. So... Always be cautious with these rumors. I know I've floated some stuff out there as well. Um, I, I'm still standing by it, although I'm not going to divulge anything more than, than I have. You can go back and listen to Locked on Magic from Wednesday's episode, I believe. Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic for my explanation of that and what what, what I think is going on. Like I said, I still believe the Magic are going to wait till after this upcoming West Coast trip to make any moves. Um, I think that they are at a spot where they're keeping their heads above water. There's no need to panic. This team can still possibly come together and make a push. They've looked good enough at times to do that, but they haven't quite put that put those pieces together yet unless there's a massive losing streak, unless you know the team goes out and goes over on this road trip, which who knows, with this Magic team, anything is possible. Um, Unless something like that happens, I don't see the Magic rushing to make a deal. I see them staying patient. Um, As long as they stay in contact with the 8th seed, two and a half games is plenty of contact halfway through the season. There's plenty of time to get better. I do anticipate the Magic making a trade at the trade deadline, but I don't think they need to make one now, as I explained on Wednesday's episode. Certainly, you can disagree with that. Certainly, you can say, no, this team's not going anywhere. I don't believe in this team. They need to make a trade now, and I think that's perfectly fair to, to believe as well. So go back and listen to Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic uh, for my thoughts on the trade deadline. But I want to turn things back to Friday's game, the Orlando Magic taking on the Houston Rockets, a game that Magic fans are probably looking forward to just for pure entertainment purposes. If you've watched the Houston Rockets at all this year, 
They are an absolute blast to watch. This isn't like last year's Rockets team where it looked like everyone hated each other. James Harden was kind of off doing his own thing, trying to score as many points as he can, getting to the foul line, you know, 15 times a game. Uh, Dwight was looking unhappy, just like it, it just was a mess. This is not that team. This is a very, very different team. Mike D'Antoni and James Harden are a perfect marriage. They really are. Um, much better than than I thought they would be. I think I was I had my concerns that making James Harden the point guard was going to be trouble because he just doesn't didn't sacrifice his own scoring enough. The reality though of it is, as we near the midpoint of the season, is he doesn't need to sacrifice his scoring. He can pass and score and do all that with the way he plays anyway, and it's proven to be such a perfect fit. The Rockets are coming off a win a two point win over the Oklahoma City Thunder on Thursday night. Not their best game at all, but they still score 116 points. Just still just kind of run circles around around the Thunder team for a good portion of that game. And Harden, it was a big reason, falling two rebounds short of a, I think, fifth straight triple-double or fourth straight triple-double, something like that. Saturday, he became the first player to have a 50-15-15 game in NBA history, at least since Wilt Chamberlain was around. This is some historic stuff that they're doing. They're second in the league. In points per game, they're third in the league in offensive rating. They take the most threes in NBA history. Um, they've got so many shooters, and they put so much stress on your defense. They're not going to defend you very well, mind, mind you. So expect a high-scoring game Friday because the Magic's offense has been humming along well. As long as the Magic stay calm, stay deliberate, move the ball, they'll they'll be able to score on this Rockets team. Whether they'll be able to keep pace is a completely different question. The Magic got to play defense, though. Um, and it starts with cutting off the snake, with cutting off the head of the snake at James Harden. How do you slow him down? Do you just try and make him a score? Do you just try to knock out all his passing lanes? Do you hug those three point shooters tightly? And if Harden beats you, Harden beats you. Um, those are the big questions that this Rockets team always asks of you, and they do a really good job asking those questions. And obviously, they're one of the surprises of the league, climbing up um, into. I believe they're sec, they're third, second, third, fourth, somewhere. They're in the top four in the Western Conference. Um, they're they are legit. They are a legitimate threat um, in the Western Conference. I, I mean, I don't know if they're a title threat, but they put a lot of stress on you and they make things very, very hard. And it it just feels like the second coming of seven seconds or less, or the second, or just like kind of Mike D'Antoni's dreams realized. It's really revitalized D'Antoni and his offensive system. Everyone's bought in. They got Eric Gordon coming off the bench, leading leading the league in scoring off the bench. They got Ryan Anderson spreading the floor. Trevor Reza does a good job spreading the floor. James Harden does his thing. They're just a very very dangerous team offensively, and and Orlando's got to be sharp defensively if they want to keep the score down, or they're going to have to try and outscore them, and that's always risky. And, and you know maybe they can do it, maybe not, but um, it, it's going to be a huge challenge, and it's obviously. Uh, something they just got to take care of. And, and I think the key to the game is going to be the three-point shooting. I, I think if Orlando can hold them off at the three-point line, if Orlando can uh, hold them to a reasonable percentage or reasonable amount of makes, they should be able to get out and run. They should be able to uh, uh, score some points. I mean, again, Houston Houston gives up a lot of points um, as, well as, they, as well as they score it. But... It's gonna be it's gonna be a good battle. Um, Houston comes once a year, so this will be the only time Magic fans get to see James Harden at the Amway Center. Should be a really really good one. I, I'm you know as a basketball fan, I'm really excited to see this game. But we'll see what the Magic have. They talked at practice a lot about the defense. 
Um, a lot about kind of fixing some of the mistakes against Atlanta. Uh, Vogel said it wasn't an effort issue in Atlanta, and, and I agree, it wasn't an effort issue. They played well. They just Atlanta knocked them off their game. They they didn't really push back. They never could really get things get things under control, and their defense let them down again. And obviously, defense is going to be a huge issue in this game. Can they get enough stops? Um, the offense at this point, I trust the offense enough that it's going to be there, especially against a defense that struggles as much as Houston's. Um, I I trust that the offense is going to be there. I, as as I tell everyone on Twitter, um, who offers you, you know it's trade deadline season, so everyone's asked me you know should the Magic trade for this guy? Should the Magic do this? Should the Magic do that? Now, even with Mario Hazonia, it's like well the Magic needs shooting right now, right? And it's just like no, I don't worry about this team's offense right now. I'm more worried about the defense and, and how you improve this defense. And this is going to be a big challenge for the Magic's defense. And if they want to win this game, if they want some good feelings heading into this big road trip coming up, this six-game, 11-day road trip, they've got to start with this game and put in put in a good effort, number one. It, they don't, I don't think they necessarily have to win this game because Houston's a good team. But they have to put in the effort and they have to play a really strong game if, if they want to have a chance. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 and increasingly this season, to get a chance, the Magic are needing a, a good effort from from Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, ha, you know, he's kind of a person of fascination with the Magic, you know, for for lack of a better term, he's this bundle of potential. That's what I that's what I've always called him. He's just this bundle of potential, and the Magic have not always been able to get figure out how to get the most out of him. When Rob Hennigan brought him in, he said, you know, we, we all asked him, is he a three or a four? And Hennigan said, he's a forward. He's neither, he's both. And the Magic played him that way for the first two seasons of his career, and this year they made the decision to force him to be a three. They, they gave him a more defined role, which, rightly or wrongly at the three, I think is still the right idea. He needed to... Um, he needed to be in a more defined role and not just be this kind of floating versatility guy. He needed to define his skills better. And admittedly, this season, it has been a struggle for Gordon. For the fourth overall pick to average 11.1 points per game, which which is a career high, four and a half rebounds per game, shoot 43.5% from the floor and 32.5% from beyond the arc, it's a little frustrating. Certainly, his field goal percentage has gone down because he's moved further away from the basket. He started to take more jumpers. He started to be a little more confident on that end. But this year has been rough consistency-wise for him. He has those two 30-point games. But he's only scored in double digits, so more than 10 points in three consecutive games twice this season. He scored 12, 11, and 10 points in the in that string of games of, with the Oklahoma City Thunder Indiana Pacers and New Orleans Pelicans in November. And recently, he scored 13, 22, and 15 in the last three games, Indiana, New York, Atlanta. Doesn't necessarily equate to wins and losses, obviously. His scoring, 
Because he scored 30 in a win over Memphis and 33 in a loss to, to the Clippers. But certainly it bodes well when Gordon is aggressive and playing well. And I think it's been a, it's just been an up and down ride for him. You know, he played 34 minutes, scored 30 points against Memphis, and then scored two against Charlotte the next game. And that and then he scored 13, 22, and 15. Orlando, I think even to a certain extent, Vogel is still learning the best ways to use him, and Gordon's still figuring out the best way to use himself in some ways. Gordon's a confident guy, and and, and I think he's really begun to show that confidence on the floor lately. In December, Gordon has been pretty good, or at least above his season averages, especially shooting the ball. In December this year, Gordon is averaging 11, averaged 11.9 points per game and shot 36.5% from beyond the arc. It's pretty solid. 48.7%. He had his best shooting month of the season in December. January, he's up to 16.7 points per game, a small sample size, 7.3 rebounds per game, which is very nice, uh, shooting 45% from the floor. So, you know, still a little bit of work to do. Like so many other players on this team, with Aaron Gordon, it, it, it comes down to consistency. And especially for a guy who was the fourth pick in the draft, was, was a big player that the Magic acquired and invested a lot of time in. People are a little antsy to see something from Aaron Gordon. They're a little antsy to say to see what Gordon can do and see him develop into something. I think most people recognize that Gordon, and we're going to talk a little bit about the All-Star game in a little bit, but Gordon is the one player on the team with true star potential. And while players in his draft class and other draft classes have shown clearer flashes of that stardom. Gordon is still figuring a lot of things out, on the offensive end at least. I do agree with the notion that for for the Magic to make the playoffs, they need consistency from that, but they need consistency from everybody. And I think they need consistency from Gordon because they've invested a lot in Gordon and... And we talked about it at the beginning of the season. There were a lot of things the Magic needed to happen to make their playoff push. And one of them, honestly, was Aaron Gordon taking the leap. It's hard to say he's taken the leap this year. In some ways, he has. Defensively, I think he is, he is the, he's the best perimeter defender on the team. You put Gordon on the best perimeter player uh, for the opponent, period. And you trust him with that. And he makes good plays. He did a great job on Carmelo Anthony against the Knicks the other night. All while scoring, you know, a ton of points. But offensively, it's still a work in progress. It's still him trying to figure out where to get his shots, how to attack, how to attack aggressively and efficiently, and just making three-pointers. The one thing you can never question with Aaron Gordon is his effort. He gives a lot of effort. And I think Frank Vogel even said after the uh, uh, after the New York loss, especially, I think he said, Aaron Gordon takes losses harder than anybody else on the team. This guy is hungry. And I think we all know, and I think he knows, I think he's somewhat frustrated that, that everything hasn't fit together yet, but He's also very patient. All, you know, he, he he talks about Lucid a lot. His 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 app, the app that he partnered with uh, that that talks a lot about mindfulness. 
and staying present. Um, he's very good at brushing off uh, the things that go wrong and, and moving on to the next play and moving on to the next game. Like He's been inconsistent, but you can never tell when he's had a big game or when, when he's had a poor game. At least to the press. I mean, who knows what he's like behind closed doors. Gordon's still got a lot to figure out, obviously. And I think a lot of it's going to come in the summer. And, and people probably hate hearing that. That Gordon needs another summer to, to grow and develop. But I think, I, I do think playing exclusively at the three is going to help him in his preparations for next season. For this year, though, the Magic need Gordon to step up his game offensively. They need Gordon to become a more consistent scoring option. 11 points per game is nice. 15 would be better. Not that he can get up there, but to, to be able to rely on him for consistent offensive minutes, to not have to rely on a player like Jeff Green, because, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, I think Jeff Green is the most likely player to get traded, period. Like, they will they will trade him to anyone that will take him. And it's not a, not a knock on Jeff Green. I just think that salary, that, that contract is, is just, they want to spin that contract out. That's why they signed him to it. And if they can't, they'll eat it and, and let him walk in free agency, probably. But um, I think they want to do something with it, especially if it can improve their team and, and add a little bit more depth. And so they're ready to they're, they're ready to hand the reins to Aaron Gordon. But he's got to earn it too. And he's got to, he's got to deserve it. And I think they, they pushed him a little too fast at the beginning of the season uh, with his role and his responsibilities. I think they've done a good job scaling it back doing things that he knows he can be successful at, and we're seeing him grow in confidence with his shot. We saw it in the first quarter against the Atlanta Hawks when he single-handedly kept the team in the game. We'll see what uh, Gordon can do with the rest of the season. There's still 41, there's still 40-plus games to go this season for him to continue that development, and, and I think we will see him continue that development. But for the Magic... The, the, the point is, for the Magic to make the playoffs, they need a consistent Aaron Gordon. They need to know that they can count on Aaron Gordon for 11-5, 11-6. But we'll, we'll, see what they, we'll see what they do. Most people probably hoped that Aaron Gordon would be the all-star. And like I said, he's probably the guy with the most superstar potential on the team. But the reality is he's... Not even on the All Star radar right now. Again, eleven points per game. You know who's 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 going to be an All Star for that? But the All Star returns did come out for the first time, and and as expected, there were no Magic players on the list. Um, Zaza Pachulia was oddly second in the front court players. So Zaza Pachulia hashtag NBA vote. Uh, keep those votes coming so we can gum uh, up the system. I mean that's never gone wrong for anybody before, uh, but. Um, it got us thinking over at Orlando Magic Daily. It got us thinking, who should the Magic push as their all-star? I mean, they're not doing a ton of marketing in, in the building. They're not pushing, like the, the team is not pushing any player. But if this were an MLB style where every team had to have a representative, who would the Magic push as their all-star? And I think there are two clear answers there. One is Evan Fournier. He's the team's leading scorer at 17.7 points per game, shooting uh, 52% effective field goal percentage, 45.4% overall, 36.4% from beyond the arc. 
Been very solid. Career-high 3.4 assists per game. Been a very solid two-guard. Been a very solid player for the Magic. Probably their most consistent offensive player. Um, doesn't do much flashy. Will have a big game on occasion, but just does his, gets his work in. Helps spread the floor. Does some attacking off the dribble. Does a little bit of playmaking. No one, no one's going to confuse Evan Fournier for a superstar anytime soon, or, or you know, possibly even an all-star. But if the Magic had to push someone forward, Evan Fournier is certainly worthy. The other candidate I would say is Serge Ibaka. Fifteen and a half points per game, six point nine rebounds per game, shooting thirty-eight point one percent from the on the arc and forty-nine point one percent overall. Uh, back up to one point eight blocks per game with an increased role from his time in Oklahoma City. He has really begun to shine. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this uh, next week or the week after when we pass the midpoint of the season. He is my second quarter MVP. Um, we had our first quarter MVP. He is my second quarter MVP and probably my first half MVP as things stand for the Orlando Magic. So uh, if I were to push someone for the All-Star game on the Orlando Magic, I would pick Serge Ibaka. And it's because of what he does on the defensive end where he has... Re- returned almost to his Oklahoma City form, to his peak Oklahoma City, not peak Oklahoma City form, but at least a little bit after his peak Oklahoma City form. He's He's been as good as he was last year, at least, which was still good, not fantastic. Uh, not like, again, peak Ibaka when he was really, really good, but he's, he's still good. So he's a, a more than above average defender, does his job defensively, has has really helped uh, grow the team on on that end. He's hit his jumpers for the most part. He's expanded his post game a little bit. Um, really responded to having a little bit more responsibility once he got comfortable in the role. He's making his three pointers. Uh, by all accounts, he's been a good leader in the locker room. Uh, he is, uh, you know, frankly, uh, no, again, no pun intended. Frankly, uh, he's been what the Magic expected to get from him when they made the Victor Oladipo trade. Uh, you know, maybe the point production isn't quite the same as much as they wanted. Maybe he isn't quite the impactful defender where he's just shutting everything down. But he really was never that to begin with. He always had Kendrick Perkins next to him. He always had Stephen Adams next to him. He always had solid defenders who, you know, were next to him. And, and Bismack Biombo and Ibaka have really struggled together defensively. Uh, and I, I personally think it's because you can't, having two shot blockers on the floor gets, gets things a little antsy. Um, I think Ibaka is better paired with Vucevic than with Biombo, if, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but Ibaka generally has done what the team has asked him to do and generally done what the team has needed him to do. And so, uh, you know, if, if I were to push someone to be an all-star from the Orlando Magic, it'd be Serge Ibaka. I think the front court's a little bit easier to get into, um, although it's 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 stacked as well. If you looked at the at the front court players, uh, let's let me go through who's uh, in line to get uh, start started here. Uh, let me just pull this up on my computer. Sorry, I'm going to do this uh, live. Uh, Got to click on some links. These links are crazy. Now, currently for the Eastern Conference, the starting lineup for the Eastern Conference is where's the Jeff? LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Love, with Joel Embiid, Carmelo Anthony, Jimmy Butler trailing. Kristaps Porzingis in there as well. And Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, uh, there too. Um, I would say DeMar DeRozan, Isaiah Thomas, and uh, Kyle Lowry have the best shot at getting in after him. So uh, neither Fournier nor Ibaka are in the top 10, nor would we expect them to be. Um, if you got to take two more guards, if, if Irving, Wade are your two go- two starters, you go DeRozan, you go DeRozan, Thomas, and Lowry to get five guards. 
uh, with the front, and I probably go John Wall too to make it six. Um, and then if I have six more players here, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Love are your starters. I'd go Kristaps Porzingis, Paul George next. Um, then you probably go Jimmy Butler as well. Uh, and then you might be able to make a case. Uh, Joel Embiid is getting a lot of votes. Um, so you might be able to make a case for him, but I'm sure there's there's someone else I'm forgetting uh, that would also be worthy. Um, here we got LeBron. Uh, I am blanking. Paul Millsap probably deserves uh, an all-star an all-star look. Uh, but again, you can kind of see how how dry it gets. You know, maybe Ibaka gets in over Hassan Whiteside. Maybe if the coaches really respect him. Um, the bottom line is, neither of these guys are probably going to make the All Star team. If I were the Magic and I were picking one to put some marketing push behind, it would be Serge Ibaka. He's not going to make it. Obviously, I mean, there's you know you got to get two hundred fifty thousand votes here. Um, Jabari Parker's at sixty four, so Ibaka's got fewer than that. Um, uh, but you know, if I were to try and lobby coaches, I would I would, I would push Ibaka over over everything else. Um, and I think uh, a big impediment to to any campaign to make the All Star game is going to be the Magic's record right now at sixteen and twenty one, just outside the playoff picture. Coaches aren't going to be looking at the standings saying, "Okay, who from this team should I take?" Um, to just to reward the team, uh, you know, the the Magic aren't one of those teams unless they go out and win a bunch of games on this road trip and put themselves in pole position, get really hot right before the coaches send in their ballots, uh, and we'll see what ha- and then we'll see what happens. But um, generally, you know, All Star games are fun, so don't read it too much into it. Don't be too upset that the Magic don't have someone going to the All Star game again. It's still the longest All Star drought in Magic history as well, uh, but. You know, you gotta you gotta earn it. You know, there are some good players on the Magic, no great players, uh, and the team record isn't going to allow them to sneak a player in as as kind of a team reward, uh, at least not at this point. Uh, so, you know, it's a fun discussion to have. The All Star Game is always fun. I'm looking forward to watching it in New Orleans. Who knows if Aaron Gordon's gonna try and repeat in the dunk contest? Um, looks like some interesting roster shaping up. I'm excited to see Giannis. Uh, at the All-Star game uh, to, um, you know, I think I think he's really deserving of it this year, and, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him go through his first All-Star game uh, as as well as to, just see the game itself because it's always fun. Uh, so, you know, keep voting, you know, keep doing all the, keep doing all that stuff. Uh, don't get too upset about the Magic not having an All-Star participant. Uh, we'll, we'll let their record do, do the speaking for them on that front. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the Locked on Magic podcast this week. I do appreciate all the listens. Uh, as well as any comments that you provide and reviews that you give us on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all the fun places. You can download podcasts. You can subscribe to the podcast there. We do appreciate if you would give us a five-star review uh, on iTunes especially, but anywhere you download podcasts, if there's a little review tab, please give us a good review. It does help us spread the word around about the podcast. Be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. I, I've yet to listen to it, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Our pal Jeff Garcia of Locked On Spurs had a uh, did a podcast with Craig Sager Jr. Uh, so be sure to give that a listen. Uh, should be should be really really good. Uh, of course, uh, with with Sager's connection to the Spurs, to Greg Popovich and the Spurs, as well. Um, that's gonna do it for me. The Magic take on the Rockets at seven o'clock at the Amway Center. I hope everyone has a good weekend. If you're looking if you're looking to to stay up late with me. During the games, you can always find me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic and on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. Getting excited for some magic after dark starting Sunday when the Magic head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. First, let's take care of the Houston Rockets. 
on Friday. We'll be back Friday with a complete recap of those two games, as well as more discussion on the Orlando Magic, and that'll be on Monday, not on Friday. But we'll be back Monday after the weekend to discuss those games. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We will see you all on Monday here on Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.